Hey there, happy 2023, and welcome to a new episode of A Thousand Ways. I'm Guang Rei. Now, if I asked you to imagine a form of dress that best sums up the elegance and charm of Chinese women, what would spring to mind? We've given the game away a little with the title, but well done if you already guessed the Chi Pao or Chang Sam, as they call it in Cantonese. This is our protagonist for today. As a classical tight-fitting garment for stylish ladies, the Chi Pao traditionally features a high cylindrical collar and handmade buttons all in a row up the right front. The best ones are made from embroidered silk. Perhaps you have seen it in Chinese films, like the 2000 romantic drama *In the Mood for Love*, where it helped to create the Hong Kong 60s socialized vibe. Over the decades, the Chi Pao has transformed from women's daily dress to attire for special occasions. And now to a more widely enjoyed fashionable expression of Chinese elegance. It has become a quintessential item of Chinese culture, enthralling people across the world. But did you know that the garment was once also regarded as an expression of women's liberation and the pursuit of gender equality here in China? The explanation lies in how the Chi Pao came into being over a century ago, and how it gradually turned into the cultural symbol it is today. Come with me, and let's dive deep to find out in today's episode. Resembling various ancient Chinese clothing styles, the origins of the Chi Pao is clouded in the mists of time. However, it is most commonly believed that it has its roots in the long robes that were worn by the ladies of the Qin Dynasty from the 17th to the early 20th century. Ruled by the Manchu people, the imperial court requested that Manchurians dress differently from Han Chinese. Traditionally, the Manchu people would wear long, loose-fitting robes with a slit on either side. This was because, back in the Qin Dynasty, riding and archery were regarded as the most important skills for the Manchu people, both for men and women. So adding slits on their robes certainly made it much easier to get on and off horseback. Meanwhile, in order to better protect and cover their legs, they would also wear trousers underneath the robe. This Manchurian clothing is known as. The Qi Zhuang. The long design of ladies' costumes was meant to hide the body all the way down the ankles, to avoid revealing too much of female figure. Nevertheless, the Qi Zhuang is still considered an important source of reference for the modern-day Qi Pao, which features a similar side slit and the iconic high cylindrical collar. By the early 20th century, during the ensuing Republic of China period, many people began to include Western elements and concepts into their daily lives. Some embraced the overseas style by dressing in suits. 
However, Chinese men of a certain class, like scholars and officials, still preferred to wear the long robes of old time. This trend, in turn, also inspired many young and intellectual Chinese women of that time period to do the same. These empowered females, most of whom were students, became the first to question traditional female roles seeking gender equality. Some of them chose to make a loud and proud statement by donning the long robe associated with male intellectuals. However, the trousers worn underneath the gowns gave way to full-length stockings, like those worn by women in the West. And as the long robe was made to be more form-fitting for the ladies, it slowly turned into a fashion statement, celebrating female liberation. Laden with such significance, the Qipao soon captivated and influenced women in many major cities in China, like Beijing and Shanghai. Indeed, what could have been more daring and confidence-building for women than putting on a dress? Tailored to emphasize and flatter the natural contours of her body, it is just like the fashion styles we could see on our streets today. From a girl power statement to the latest on-trend fashion style, the Qipao kept evolving. And being shaped by the ever-changing nature of Chinese society as time went by, and as we move to the post-war years after the New China was founded in 1949, it was actually in Hong Kong where the dress entered its heyday in modern Chinese history, dominating almost every Hong Kong woman's wardrobe. And not surprisingly, this did not only apply to Hong Kong alone. But was also traceable in other Asian countries, wherever there was a sizable Chinese community, such as Singapore. And as time passed, the cheap house styles and designs began to vary from place to place. Notably, the Beijing style is of a fairly conservative design. It maintains a traditional A-line shape that flattens the curves of its wearer. Similar to that of the Qidong from the Manchurian style, usually characterized by its long and straight form, the Beijing style Qipao tends to deliver a reserved, concise, and dignified appearance. The Shanghai style, on the other hand, is a more popular and dominant choice for many Qipao fans. With the city's closer connection to the West, both culturally and commercially. The Shanghai-style Qipao often incorporates Western embroidery patterns and tailoring techniques, with curved cutting and waist darts to show up the natural curves of the female body. The dress, along with the ladies who wear them, have become a physical expression of the changes in idealized womanhood here in China. In the meantime. The Qipao style, in general, is also welcomed beyond the Chinese-speaking world. Often seen on haute couture fashion shows, as well as designs created by the luxury brands, 
the chipao, with all its cultural connotations, has gradually become a trendy element, adored by both the East and the West. Bring to life the confidence and sensuality in latent every woman who wears it. There is no doubt that chipao has positioned itself as the new standard of modernity. That introduces the quintessence of Chinese elegance to the world. The basic style of chipao might look simple, but there has been so much attached to it. Are there any other Chinese clothing styles that you know about? Which is your favorite? Please feel free to leave a message below to let us know. I'm Huang Rei, and special thanks to my Thousand Y Team member Liu Yushan. Who contributed to the writing and producing of this episode? We'll see you next time. Bye for now.